0: As our faithful dog, fleet-footed Maggie, beloved of Zeus, and I rounded the corner toward the middle fork of the Poposia River, we saw a group of young men and women wading in the river with nets. Another group was sprawled out on the ground with petri dishes and sketchbooks. I thought. Field Science at Wyoming Catholic College. This is Dr. Jim Tonkovich, and you're listening to the college's After Dinner Scholar Podcast. What is Field Science. Well, our website says this, quote, This course is an introduction to natural science through field study that puts students in direct contact with the local natural environment. Through the direct experience and methodological observation of the heavens, geological formations, flora, and fauna, observational skills are sharpened, and a sense of wonder at nature and natural history is cultivated. Students spend much time outdoors drawing and recording in sketchbooks. Dr. Stanley Grove has been out in the field with multiple freshman sections of field science, and I began by asking him about the educational philosophy behind beginning the study of science out in the field. All right, why begin the study of science in the field? I mean, there are plenty of science books out there.
1: Well, I would say, Jim, there's at least... uh three or four reasons why we begin in the field. But I want to start by saying that what we're doing in the field is not even necessarily science yet. We call it field science. It's a first step on the way to science. It's a necessary step, but I prefer to call it natural history because the idea contained in the word history is a focus on particulars rather than developing any kind of the theoretical constructs that we associate with science. So it is a necessary first step. Uh, And I would say that natural history, which is just becoming aware of the particulars uh, of the situation that you're about to study would lead naturally into a a more theoretical and explanatory phase that we would call natural science. And that taken to an even more uh, general and abstract level I would call natural philosophy. So these are three different phases that don't have to follow always in exactly the same order. They can be interchanged, but there are three different phases in the study of nature. So why begin with the natural history aspect? I would say first of all there's no better way to impress upon the student the reality of what we're about to study. You can open a book and start reading, and it might be an exciting book and fun to read, and you'll say you've learned a lot, but have you actually uh, impressed upon yourself that you're studying reality? I've heard about astronomers who are uh, experts in their field, and they could not point out a constellation. They can't go out and look at the night sky and say, that right there is what I've been studying for 10 years. It's all in computer databases and on electronic telescopes and, and so on, right? How sad. Yeah, it is. Uh, we want to be studying reality. So, yeah, first of all, engage with the reality of it. Secondly, and closely related to that, is that's the way you're going to awaken a true sense of wonder. Wondering about the world, the uh, the circumstances in which you're existing. You can find a book wonderful, but that's not the same as finding the world wonderful especially your part of the world, the corner in which you've been appointed to grow and develop and mature. Uh, Another reason is that the natural uh, psychology of human knowing begins with the senses and only then proceeds to the intellect. So we want to fill the senses, the external senses like sight and hearing, and the internal senses like uh, imagination and memory. We want to uh, fill these senses with data You know, have a lot to to later feed the mills of the intellect when it starts uh, reflecting on things. And again, there's no substitute for the sensory engagement with reality uh, as the first step towards a later intellectual engagement with that same reality.
0: You know, what is it, two years ago at the Wyoming School of Catholic Thought, our adult week, uh, you took us on a uh, geology trip. And every time I drive by, well, into Sinks Canyon or go up by Fry Lake or go out to the um, uh, Johnny Behind the Rocks um, or, or look out over Red Canyon, I you know, I think about that. And I notice the way the rocks are tilted. And, uh, and it does fill me with a certain amount of wonder, um, the, the, the kinds of
1: mountain building forces that did this. There's a certain... Uh, romantic or sentimental uh, view that holds that if you proceed too far down a, a scientific path of understanding you'll destroy the the poetic moment you'll destroy the the sheer aesthetic enjoyment and i s- think that's simply not the case you'll always retain that if your eyes are open and you you know maintain the appropriate attitude of wonder you'll always retain that poetic sense of almost mystery even as you learn more and more and more about the mechanisms uh, that uh, explain this world that you're looking
0: at. Now, the morning Maggie and I came across a field science class, the students were drawing pictures of trout food. <laughs> that is, they were drawing pictures of mayfly larva, <laughs> or mayfly nymphs, stonefly nymphs, K fly larva, helgrammites, and so on, that they netted in the Poposha River. Tell us about sketching pictures of bugs. Why is that important? And why do you want our student? What do you want our students to take away from that experience?
1: You're evidencing a sadly utilitarian view of <laughs> bugs, Jim. <laughs> They're <laughs> trout food. No, it's all good. There's there's a lot of natural history in the art of uh, tempting a trout. No doubt about it. Uh, yes, I remember that day and. Uh, the students uh, particularly love that exercise it's one of their favorites in the course of the semester i would say that uh well first of all it's accessible we're limited here to in the course of the fall semester to what we can actually study before the snows come unfortunately the the luxuries of summer is past, so we can't do all that we'd like uh, in the botany segments and so on but uh, one thing we've done i think from the beginning here is take advantage of the nearby streams, and the uh, plethora of life that's to be found in those streams. Part of the, the fascination is that you don't first realize when you look at a, a babbling brook that it's teeming with creatures, creatures that might make you think twice about taking a drink out of that, <laughs> that stream if you once you've taken a look at the, at the bugs, right? Um, we knock, we turn the rocks over, we knock them against each other, we have nets downstream that collect all the things that are falling off the underside of those rocks, and so, uh, uh, just the sheer unexpectedness of it is is one of the charms. Uh, not to mention the diversity of the uh, of the insects and uh, uh, arachnids and, and other uh, creatures that we're observing. That's followed right away by the challenge of capturing these things, holding them in a little tray or you know some kind of a partitioned container, and uh, keeping them uh, ke- keeping their movements restricted enough that you can now study them and draw them. That's the challenge, to draw them. But we insist that they be drawn, not just looked at, not even photographed, though I'll photograph them in order to compare the drawings with reality as a means of judging how well the students have drawn them. But the art of and the act of drawing uh, really impresses upon the, the student's mind uh, the need of looking carefully because you have to reproduce what you're seeing in your drawing, even if you're not an artist. You do the best you can. And whatever you can't capture through a deficit of uh, artistic skill, you try to uh, make up for with verbal descriptions and that sort of thing.
0: Well, I was surprised how good the artistic skills were.
1: I'm always surprised at how many genuine artists there are, uh, even amongst those who claim that they are not artists. And it's, it's embarrassing because I'm the teacher, the instructor in this course, and I am not an artist. I cannot do as well as three-fourths of my students. Uh, but I... I get out of that by telling them that it's not an art course and uh, it's just an observation course, yeah. What are the other favorite student activities? Well, uh, I might first point out that in a typical semester, and these days it's always a fall semester, uh, the areas that we cover, and I'll use the scientific names even though I emphasize that we're not necessarily going to a truly scientific level of study, but botany, astronomy, geology, entomology, ornithology, or bird-watching. Uh, I guess those five are the, are the areas that we generally do. Um, I suppose that most students, at least to judge from what they say to me for years afterwards, find that the astronomy is their favorite. Somehow it's very memorable. I find more students coming up to me years later and saying, can we go out and look at stars again? Then asking me if we can go out and look at geological formations or insects again. Although, all of these things have pleasant memories, and there's always going to be some students who find any one of those five or six areas his or her favorite, but probably astronomy is the most universally appreciated. What's your favorite? My favorite is uh, the geology, because... Uh, Well, apart from having a lifelong interest in the subject, Wyoming is a spectacular geologist's uh, paradise. The the lack of, the comparative lack of vegetation um, allows us to see what we've got. And what we've got just happens to be a very diverse assemblage uh, from uh, some of the oldest rocks visible anywhere on the earth, up to pretty recent uh, evidences of Yellowstone and other nearby volcanoes uh, covering the land with ash. We've got it all. And uh, it also is probably the area within this natural history curriculum where we nudge closest to some uh, authentically scientific conclusions. When we're talking about the age of those rocks and the uh, reasons why the fossil assemblages found in the different strata are changing from very simple and relatively few and far between early on to more complicated Uh, organisms uh, in the higher and more recent layers including dinosaurs very much so dinosaurs yes Uh, I haven't identified the specific dinosaurs but there's we found evidence of some big ones and uh, yeah the at at that point the field science or natural history course uh, is laying a foundation for things we'll think about in the senior year as we examine the theory of evolution uh, and, and its geological and biological aspects.
0: Now, it seems to me that as students are engaged in field science, they pick up observational habits that go well beyond uh, the field science program. Uh, Is that true? I mean, do these observational habits creep into the rest of the
1: curriculum? That's certainly the intention. It's uh, what one would expect, human nature being what it is. I'm not sure that I could point to many instances what I can say, with certainty, oh, student X there has been observing situation Y especially carefully, and I can trace that back to the day spent drawing birds, for example. Um, I can only assume that's happening, but I'm not sure that I've got concrete Mm -hmm. evidence for it.
0: Well, I mean, we're text-based, so we want students to read and to really look at the text and observe it.
1: In general, I think... Habits that are developed in our four years, whether of observation, of reasoning, of uh, inference and making connections, of just aesthetic appreciation, those are very often more like planting seeds than reaping harvests here. I know that students have come to me years after they've left the program with expressions of, intense new appreciation gained for what they learned here. Sometimes it's only after they've become teachers in other schools and realized how well we equipped them to teach, but it was only when they had to actualize their learning at a new level that they became especially uh, appreciative uh, in recognizing how they had learned while they were here.
0: Well, now, uh, obviously in Lander, Wyoming, there's a lot to see and it's all very accessible low-light pollution to look at the stars, huge outcroppings, rivers, fields, deserts. Talk to the listener who might live in the suburbs or New York City or Chicago or Miami. How can they grab hold of some of these experiences?
1: Yeah, that's a. Uh, I consider that a, a fairly urgent question. I'm absolutely convinced of the necessity of being in touch with nature and not Simply at a superficial level, because, oh, isn't nature fun? But because we are placed in this cosmos by God for a reason. The cosmos has, in a sense, given rise to ourselves. And for us not to be aware of our place, a place that exists only for us, uh, that seems an enormous uh, poverty um, well, humans, even when they build big cities, they sort of attest to the need for a connection with um, uncivilized nature to a degree. Uh, parks, you know, I mean, I guess you could say parks are somewhat civilized, but uh, uh, the the bigger and wilder the park, the better, I'd say, for starters. Um, better yet is get out of the cities whenever you can. And if you, I would, I would wholeheartedly say if you have a chance to vacation out of the city or suburbs in which you're living, don't just go to some other city or suburbs. Don't go hang out on the beach in, in Hawaii where all you do is swim and snorkel. Get into a wild situation. Really, uh, really tap those deeper springs of, uh, of what we are as products of nature.
0: Before moving to Lander, my wife and I lived in the city of Falls Church in Virginia. The population was very dense and we were well inside the Capitol Beltway and thus surrounded by city. Yet, I regularly saw squirrels, rabbits, red-tailed hawks, goldfinch, ducks, geese, and so many wildflowers. One day I saw a red fox and the Potomac River has a shocking amount of life in it, concrete, Asphalt, bricks and mortar, cars, trucks, shops, and restaurants can't cover up the beauty and the glory of God's creation. So go out and take a look. Oh, and bring a sketchbook and pencil with you. They might be helpful. For Wyoming Catholic College, this is Dr. Jim Tonkovich.